The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl King today at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer's at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco. David Favors back at HQ. Dow futures are being pinched by Boeing and the grounding of those MAX 9s. Very busy week ahead. J.P. Morgan Healthcare, CPI Thursday, bank earnings Friday, of course. Our roadmap's going to begin, though, with Boeing. Shares are tumbling after the FAA grounds dozens of 737 MAX 9s for urgent safety inspections. Plus, futures are pointing to another lower open. Stocks already snapping a nine-week winning streak. And we're keeping an eye on shares of Apple, perhaps set to bounce from what would be an eight-week low at the open, Carl. Guys, let's begin with Jim at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Jim, last week you said M&A would be a running theme in this conference. We're already getting there. Yeah, we have J&J buying a company, uh, Solid Tumor Cancer. We have Boston Scientific buying Exonics, $3.7 billion, overactive bladder incontinence. Uh, Moderna, by the way, announcing a return to profitability perhaps in 2026. But, yes, this is where the deals are made. And this is the most, uh, looks like the most active conference in many years. And I think one of the reasons why is because we're post-COVID. And so, uh, David, post-COVID means that we are able to do deals in, uh, in person. And that certainly makes it easier. <laughs> and I'm post-COVID too, but I'm not allowed to be in person yet. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm glad we're all back together, guys, at least uh, virtually. Um, and, you know, Jim, interesting, of course, we always often do see a number of deal announcements prior to the, the big J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. I'm glad you're there this year and looking forward to your coverage of it as well. And no surprise this morning, perhaps, that we did see a couple of these. Again, steals that are similar in size and scope to what we've seen previously over the last few years, namely big pharma buying companies that are relatively small at high premiums that have just finished usually phase two trials of a promising treatment. For example, in the case you mentioned of J&J and that company, uh, Ambrix, where they're buying, you know, these targeting antibody drug conjugates that they have that conceivably will allow for the new therapies to be much more effective in attacking things like advanced prostate cancer. Exactly. And one of the reasons why I find myself out here, and Carl, we watch the tape, we see AMD up today, we see NVIDIA up, we see the usual characters up. I think these companies are radically undervalued versus the hardware companies that suddenly we love and radically undervalued versus the, these what we think are AI companies are using a lot of AI out here. And Carl, Carl, it is incredible that life-saving companies are taking a backseat to companies that enable you to plagiarize, that kind of thing. So I really think that we have to start focusing on healthcare as an undervalued cohort. I can't wait. All the companies that are here are doing things like GLP-1. They're doing things that, that really are changing people's lives. A lot of it's in, related to government. And I think we have to start realizing this group got radically undervalued versus tech. And the, 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 I tell you, the differential has to be changed. Uh, Jim, you mentioned Moderna. Uh, in addition to all the M&A threads, uh, product sales, modest beat for last year, but trying to get back to sales growth and maybe break even in 26. 
Yeah, look, I think Moderna is still in that uh, the, the, the hangover of COVID. A lot of the companies out here are hangover. I'm going to be speaking to Pfizer, Dr. Borla. They're still trying to figure out how much COVID there is. David, a lot of these companies uh, are reliant on vaccines. And there is definitely a, a, a lot of scientific evidence that says if you take these, the booster, you're going to stay out of the hospital. But only 19 percent of the people have taken the booster, David, because there's a tremendous really kind of vaccine ennui. And it doesn't even think that that Travis Kelsey, Kansas City, is changing that. No, uh, I actually I took the booster and I, I, I got covid, but uh, but it wasn't that severe. Thankfully, you didn't get it. Well, so there, I, that, I'm there happy it goes, about that. David, I guess that's not um, having been right. together last Tuesday. Um, you know, that said, you look I at Pfizer, every day because of you. I. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, listen, I, we've had we've had no shortage of conversation about Pfizer and the challenges that Mr. Borla in particular faces. But you brought it up, Jim. I do wonder, um, you know, as they've closed the CGEN deal and sort of move forward from this point with the, with the great windfall that they did have from the covid vaccines and from Paxlovid. I'm not quite sure what the future holds, though, for that company. And there are a lot of restless shareholders there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Jim, meantime, let's talk some Boeing, uh, dragging the Dow lower, of course, in the pre-market. The FAA is ordering these temporary groundings of numerous 737 MAX 9s for inspection after a section of an aircraft blew out during an Alaska Airlines flight. NTSB says the missing door plug from that jet was found late yesterday. Jim, we talked a lot about Boeing since the uh, turn of the year. Bespoke says this will be the biggest gap lower, though, uh, since 2020. Yeah, look, I think, first of all, no one's talking about this. You can blow out a hole in a Boeing, and it still just flies. I mean, I think that that's one of the positives. The negatives are uh, this is a Spirit Air uh, problem with Boeing, and Spirit Air is something that they spun off. Uh, you know, they spun it off in 2005. I know we can speak to Phil LeBeau about it, but it's time that they bought it back because the quality control seems to be suspect. Now, David, um, you know, uh, one thing we have to remember before you sell Boeing is there's only two companies in this business, and I did own, David, Boeing at one time, and that, I forgot the fact that in the end, no matter what you do, you need Boeing. The system needs Boeing. They'll solve this problem. So, yes, you can sell it today, but no one's going to downgrade it because we all realize this is an opportunity, not something that we should throw away. How seriously, though, do you take it in terms of some as a uh, as an overall concern, though, Jim, in terms of the execution of the company when it comes to manufacturing? Well, anything that is that it's life threatening, obviously, is very serious. It's just that I do think that they'll fix the problem. Uh, the 737s, uh, this Max hasn't been out. Uh, it hasn't been widely distributed, but it is pretty amazing that you could have ones that were sent out at the end of October and they already have this problem. I do think that there's a taint, David. I think that uh, the, the street is selling Boeing because people just say, you know what, more numbers have to come down because of this. The airlines, I mean, we, we had Southwest Air on and they were complaining about Boeing and then they still went and bought the Max. So, David, you, know, let, you can sell it. There's no doubt about it. It's bad. But I do think that what's going to happen is, is that the, the stock will find a bottom because... Again, uh, the system needs Boeing, and this is not going to change things, even though, obviously, if it had been at 30,000 feet, not 16,000 feet, people would have died. Uh, let's bring in Phil LeBeau, guys, talk more about this. Of course, the role of Spirit, uh, Phil, the cockpit voice recorder. We actually have some downgrades of names like Southwest, not really tied to the nine, uh, but sort of uh, the idea that capacities, this is going to be a key year to get guidance on how much capacity the industry adds. 
Yeah, and if there's ever a time where you want to see capacity taken out by a situation like this with the uh, Max 9, this would be the time of year when you want that to happen, when it's the slowest time of year, January and February. So even though this is not good news for Alaska or United, you'd rather have this happen now than in the busiest season uh, that might be out there. Let's give you a quick update in terms of where things stand on the Max 9 Alaska Airlines investigation. The NTSB is looking at the fuselage plug, they now have recovered it. It was found uh, in suburban Portland. They have that. They are also looking at the plane, obviously. Was there a pressurization problem? We know that there were three reports of the pressurization, auto pressurization light going on that was looked at by uh, Alaska Airlines. And then there's finally the question of data recorder analysis. The data recorder has been flown or is being flown to Washington, D.C. That'll provide investigators a lot of answers to a situation that, frankly, could have been far worse than what it turned out to be. Think about this. The two seats that were right next to where the blowout occurred on the MAX 9 from Alaska Airlines, they were empty. If people had been sitting there... If people had been moving around and we were at a higher altitude when this took place, it would have been a far more dramatic and potentially serious situation. By the way, there were no serious injuries with this MAX 9 accident. But the question for Boeing investors is, are you comfortable that this company will be able to increase 737 MAX production as planned following this investigation and whatever comes out of it, later this year and over the next couple of years. We ask that because as you take a look at shares of Boeing, the stock is under pressure as people look at it and they say, okay, will they get up to 50 maxes per month as planned by 2025, 2026? Right now they're at 38 per month, just barely at 38 per month. So can they ramp up as planned? Remains to be seen. For Jim Calhoun, once again, he's talking about a culture that needs to focus on safety and quality control. He sent out an employee memo yesterday saying, while we have made progress in strengthening our safety management and quality control systems and processes in the last few years, situations like this are a reminder that we must remain focused on continuing to improve every day. That's from Dave Calhoun yesterday. He'll be holding an employee town hall Tomorrow, along with Stan Deal, head of Boeing Commercial Airplanes, Stephanie Pope, the COO, the new COO at Boeing. There will be some board members there, the leadership team from Boeing. They're in Renton, Washington, and they're going to be talking with employees tomorrow about focusing on, the, on making sure they build the safest planes possible. One last note, take a look at shares of Spirit. Jim brought this up earlier. I, I'm at a loss for words in terms of what to say here, Jim. We have talked about this off air on air repeatedly. Now, we don't know if Spirit is directly implicated in terms of what caused this accident, but we do know that they made the plug and they make the fuselages for the Max. So there are questions about whether or not Spirit, what role they may have played in this, and that's why shares of Spirit down 12%, more than 12%. You know, Phil, we all remember when Boeing kind of offloaded Spirit. It was one of those things that... it really kind of it raised yeah. numbers for Boeing. But you know what? And that was the Wichita sure. plane. You know what, Phil? $3.6 billion company. It's caused so many problems. And I wonder, is it just too complicated the way Boeing decided to make these planes by trying to organize all these little companies, including Spirit, which they, which they sold? I mean, it just seems wrong right. to me that, that, that something could happen it, it, just because they wanted to save money. 
Well, I don't think that they did it because they wanted to save money. Remember, I mean, you know how this goes, Jim. Wall Street falls in love with ideas like let's break down companies, let's put them back together, vertical integration versus not vertical integration. Um, And when this happened in 2005, everybody said it made sense. I think the thing to keep in mind when you look at Boeing and Spirit Aerosystems is they've pumped, they agreed a couple of months ago to pump, I think, $100 million into Spirit to help them out as they try to fix their manufacturing processes. Pat Shanahan is the new CEO at Spirit. He's a longtime former Boeing executive, highly respected in the industry, highly respected at Boeing. The belief from people that I've talked with in the industry is that he will get things straightened out. Having said that, they went a long time where they had mistake after mistake after mistake in Wichita. And a lot of people feel that perhaps Spirit's board waited way too long to make some changes and to address the situation. That's in the past now, Jim. Nothing you can do about that now. The question is how quickly can Spirit and Boeing address the situation that's going on right now? Speaking of that, Phil, I mean, Jim mentions the duopoly defense uh, as people try to defend the stock today. The other is that the inspection itself really only takes a few hours, right? Yeah, four to eight hours. Not, not very long at all. The, the, what's happening right now, just so you understand, Boeing, along with the FAA, are sitting down and saying, OK, what exactly happened and what exactly will we ask the airlines to be looking for when they do these inspections of the MAX 9s that are parked? So it's not as simple as saying, just go out and check them. They want to know exactly what caused this accident and therefore what they are looking for in the MAX 9s that are parked. Phil, appreciate that. A big story moving the whole market today. We'll get back to you later on. Uh, Phil LeBeau. Take a look at the pre-market. You can see the impact on the Dow futures. We'll talk about Boeing a bit more. We'll get to Apple, NVIDIA. Of course, the banks coming up on Friday. Oil and Tesla. Some calls on Chevron, Dash, and others when Squawk on the Street continues on this Monday. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Apple is moving higher in the pre-market after a nearly 6% decline during the holiday-shortened week. Stocks uh, down in each of the first four trading days of the year. Hasn't happened since 1982. Jim, today we got this uh, Jeffries report on China sales, and then there is some lingering expectation that we might get some Vision Pro headlines out of CES this week. 
Yeah, it sounds like they're going, the pre-orders for Vision Pro are going to start Jan uh, in, in two weeks, and it's going to be released in Feb 2nd, obviously high price point. I like the Empire Strikes Back here. J.P. Morgan talking about a floor on the stock. Morgan Stanley once again said in getting more bullish on Apple's AI opportunity, Edge AI. Look, I think that this stock down, 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 down is really a reflection of the fact that it, that it was up 48% last year. And I do not want to say that therefore it's over. I think some people are even fearful that it could be a pre-announcement. I'm not buying that at all. Uh, Apple iPhone fell from uh, Boeing, uh, still working right after. <laughs> I, would, I would focus that... Focus on that because 16,000 feet drop and it still works. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, do you really want to sell a stock that is able to do that? Not that we would be dropping phones regularly from 16,000 feet. But I do think that there is a sense that maybe Apple's come down too much. Uh, and the Vision Pro, I don't know, David, $3,000. I happen to love it, but $3,000 seems pretty high price tech. I've been saying that for a long time, and you've always disagreed with me in terms of its ability to become a mass market product. So suddenly you've decided that $3,000 well, we is a lot of money now? need to have someone back it. No, no, we look, I've been working on Mike Siever to back. It, I know, uh, but we've made so that point. He's not. A, it's, yeah, that's because it's off the Wi-Fi. It's not off the cell network. Oh, you wear me out. Look, I think that I think that if With they facts. can find some way to do. Yeah. OK, so right now, I think it's still a little pricey. David, the consumer's more strapped than I thought. That's why three thousand dollars higher price. Tag. There, how's uh, that? Right, you want right, that? That's good. All right, I'm going to be nice to you now. Uh, you for years said uh, own it, don't trade it on Apple. I would also point out the last Tuesday, Jim, when we began our first broadcast of the new year, you were cautious on the mag seven overall. Uh, And you'd say, hey, you know what? Time to maybe take a little off the table. Not not sell your entire positions, but just be more cautious, perhaps. Not a bad call, given that 3% decline we saw last week. Do you still feel that way? Yes, I do. I think that the MAG-7 is probably one of those places that, frankly... It, it, every time they're up, I think it should do some selling. And you're absolutely right. Apple become too big a position for me. NVIDIA, uh, very big position. But what really does matter, David, is, is that this group is out of whack. 30% of the S&P's value, seven stocks, no. And look where I am right now. Dave, we have companies that, uh, like Eli Lilly that are saving people's lives. Is that less important or more important than whether you can run chat GPT? No, it's very important. We've talked a lot about GLP-1s. We will continue to. I think I, I know you guys covered, and it was very important, that news last week from Lilly in terms of going direct to consumers in certain areas. Uh, no doubt. AI is really important, too, though, Jim. Come on. It is. And it's going to have uh, an impact no. on every single enterprise and every person's life potentially over time as well. I'm just talking about the disparity, David. I mean, should a group of stocks really be worth so much versus healthcare? I think that those stocks got at, look, some of these stocks are high multiple. No, meta platforms, not high multiple. No. Apple got to a 29 multiple, David. That's high for that stock. Yeah, it's still high. I mean, the Bar- Barclays downgrade from last week, they were talking about 25 times, I think, fiscal year 24 numbers. Maybe that, you know, listen, right now that downgrade looks pretty good. It's only a w- not even a week old. No, it does. I mean, Carl, my, my my reservation about these stocks is that I think you have to be a little patient. Let them come in. I, I think Amazon is an amazing company. I, I, I think they're doing incredible things. At the same time, the, Amazon, along with these other companies, have been a source of funds to go buy other stocks. And, Carl, I get that because you have a lot of, comp- a lot of fund managers piled into these stocks in the fourth quarters to show that they were smart. 
I mean, literally, <laughs> that's what happens. So I do expect that there'll be profit taking once again because the stocks are up and people want to use them to go buy something like the healthcare stocks that I'm seeing, which have been rocket ships. The insurance companies, the banks. I mean, the banks are up very big. That's money coming out of the MAG7 and into the financials. Yeah, rotation, rotation, Jim. We're going to talk about what to expect from the banks uh, on Friday and including uh, some of these downgrades of the credit card names uh, that we got this morning out of Baird. Uh, Still to come this morning, a West Coast edition of Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Take one more look here at the pre-market. Squawk on the Street continues in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Got some headlines over the weekend from Dallas Fed President Lori Logan talking about whether or not the Fed should consider slowing its balance sheet runoff. Keep your eye on the 10-year. 404 is not quite the 410 we got on Friday or the 421 that we got back in mid-December. Something to watch. Opening bell coming up in a couple of minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. It's time for uh, Jim's Mad Dash, of course. Uh, Cross-country edition as he's at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare uh, Conference, which is a good opportunity for us to discuss in more detail this deal that we mentioned at the top of the program, Jim. J&J getting further into oncology. It's not a large deal dollar-wise. They do pay a huge premium for uh, AMAM, uh, 28 bucks, so over 100%. That's not a bad press release to wake up, for, uh, up to if you actually own that stock. No, it's not. And, David, one of the things that is really dog J&J, obviously, is the talc. Uh, possibilities that this is for cervical cancer, whether it is uh, asbestos or not. This is nice to see something else from J&J. It's 16 times earnings J&J. That's rather low versus a company that we know is doing a lot of good things. But yes, David, once again, people want to fight. It's cancer. It's cancer. It's cancer. That's one of the things that uh, if you're not doing GLP-1, you're trying to solve cancer. And obviously, cardio and cancer are the two ways that people, well, that that cause death. So this is one of those things uh, where I do think that if you buy a clinical stage company, the, uh, the market applauds it, David, even though I think you and I both know when you have a money loser like Gambrix, you can't talk about it being additive or it's dilutive the moment you buy it. Yeah, and we should explain to people. And we, again, I mentioned these ADCs, targeting antibody drug conjugates. I think these guys right. are at a phase two trials already. But basically what this does for J&J, they say, is to help them design, develop, and commercialize targeted oncology therapeutics, Jim. Uh, using this uh, right. new technology they're going to be acquiring here by targeting monoclonal antibodies securely linked to a potent chemotherapeutic payload to achieve targeted and efficient elimination of cancer cells without the prevalent side effects typically associated with chemotherapy. Right. This is one of the things that Dr. Borla talks about at Pfizer. The idea, frankly, that this is going to replace chemotherapy because it uh, causes less nausea. It's far more targeted. I mean, David, chemotherapy is nuclear and it affects the whole body. If you can be targeted just to one part and don't cause the uh, massive reaction that really does hurt and even kill people, it would be major. So we got to follow that technology. At the same time, it is clinical. We have not gotten that far on it. It is very early. I don't want to raise hope that this is going to work. 
Right. Uh, but that is the key time often when these companies are purchased. There is some risk, but of course, a lot of it perhaps mitigated by what are, you know, successful phase two trials, for example, Jim. Absolutely. And we want to watch this. And uh, J&J has a really good cancer franchise. This adds to it. Uh, it is great to see a little news flow that is actually about saving people's lives. And the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board this morning, Worthington Steel celebrating its recent spinoff. And at the NASDAQ, the Invesco NASDAQ Biotechnology ETF. Jim, uh, speaking in news flow, between the healthcare conference you're at, CES, ICR Consumer, CPI Thursday, banks on Friday, some argue this is really the first full news day of the year. Oh, absolutely. This is an actual uh, series of events that are occurring that I think are defined things. I mean, have the banks run too far? We've got some research that says they have. Have the uh, healthcare stocks lagged? Well, I can tell you that they've had these parabolic moves, but there are healthcare companies that are so cheap that they're interesting. And, you know, Carl, the news flow, this, uh, this kind of Apple uh, don't sell it uh, news uh, research, that, again, is just trying to support MAG-7. And I think MAG-7, I still think, is going to be under pressure because people want money to be able to buy these different areas. And there's MAG-7 fatigue. And I think to not acknowledge it is to take a look at Apple and say, listen, we've got two major firms that say buy it and this is all it can muster. I think you have to be careful. I think patience is warranted when it comes to MAG-7. While we were just talking about uh, Apple and, uh, and the Vision Pro, Tim Cook with a tweet about 15 minutes ago, Jim. The era of spatial computing has arrived. Vision Pro available in the U.S. on February 2nd. Well, look, I'm going to get the Vision Pro. I'm going to uh, you know, pre-order it. And the reason I am is because I just think that I like sports. It's an amazing way, just an incredible way to watch sports. I happen to like Apple Plus. I've been watching pretty much everything on Apple Plus. But what I think is really great is this. I mean, you can toggle... Uh, very easily. I was on an airplane. I was in the front row seat where you can't have your computer. You can have the eye. You can have something on your head. But David, I think the problem is, you know, and I do like the Vision Pro. Don't knock me here. But it is something you put over your eyes. So far, that has not been a way that people like to be able to receive information. No, it hasn't. I mean, God, I can go back to Google Glass. Remember that? When uh, that's a long yeah. time ago at this point. And then, obviously, we think about uh, Meta. I mean, is this a competitive product to what Meta has out there in terms of being able to access the metaverse, again, with what are essentially goggles, although they continue to try to downsize them in terms no. of size and weight and everything else? There's two, there are two Metas. There's the Quest 3, and then there are the Ray-Bans. And, David, the Ray-Bans are so cool. Answer messages, take fic- pictures, go to Insight. And you know what? They look like Ray-Bans because they are. And I think we have to remember that the problem with Apple might be, do we really want something that is a little bit heavy? I like it. I I like to to be able to go back and forth between my research and what I'm watching and be able to communicate with others about watching the same thing, which you can do. But I understand Meta has got... Until people try the Ray-Bans, I don't think people realize that exactly how cool they are. David, you're cool already. I need the Ray-Bans in order to be able to go to the next level. <laughs> uh, if you say so, Jim, uh, that's fine. So, right, it's going to be like uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, right? Didn't he have those Ray-Bans on that sort of he could see everything and do whatever he needed to do and jump back and forth well, from the real world to the digital world? Well, it works, and it's just all you got to do, David, is say, hey, Meta, 
I mean, don't say, hey, Siri, because that will be received poorly by Meta. <laughs> yeah, as Buffett says, never talk about uh, father on Mother's Day, uh, Jim. Boeing's obviously the obvious uh, drag on the Dow this morning, uh, Dow down 150. Bespoke did do some nice work, Jim, looking at declines of at least 5% or at least downside gaps of 5% plus. Stock tends to bounce back uh, over a reasonable time period afterwards. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, again, if you're one of these companies that has a, a Boeing Max, you're, uh, you mentioned how long it takes to check out uh, whether something's wrong. Again, there are no alternatives uh, because Boeing and Airbus are sold out for years. And there's just been such tremendous demand. The stock can be down, of course, as Phil said, because the deliveries, uh, which are what everyone was so hopeful for for the Max, have to be slowed. Uh, but you know what, Carl, in the end, when the stock settles, maybe around 215, 220, you got to buy it because it is a great year for transportation already. And I think that continues. Although, Jim, uh, Bernstein today, as we mentioned earlier, uh, cutting Southwest to underperform 24. Their point is that the discount airline model is clearly not working. Everybody's going premium. Got an upgrade of American and Morgan Stanley on that same note. Um, I just wonder what you make about the, the pricing dynamics within the industry separate from the max. Well, I, I think that you know, Phil was talking about what you, you actually need fewer plays. The, the thing is, is that you and I talked to we talked to Southwest uh, la- last week and they're just making a lot of mistakes right now. I think I hope they come out of it. But, you know, David, I think that when you look at, at what's going on in travel and you look at what's going on with the airlines, people want to be able to buy new. You know what a theme, David, this year is newness. We want to buy something new. We're tired of buying Alphabet endlessly. So look at American. Now, I know, David, American is not market cap anywhere near Alphabet, but we are percentage gains buyers. We don't care about how big a company is. We want to get 5% gains. Well, hopefully longer, because I think we're not traders. I think what we're trying to do is say, you know what? Here's a way to make money that is not just based on what you think about NVIDIA. And you know I love NVIDIA. Don't get me wrong, but I want this 5% gain. Understood. Although, you know what, Jim? To, to your point, NVIDIA is up for the year now. It is bucking the trend of the overall MAG-7. Uh, with a gain today of NVIDIA, you can see right there, of some 1.6%. That stock... Uh, is actually now up uh, and different than all the other big uh, mega caps. Actually, Meta is slightly higher now, very slightly for the year. But uh, what is going on in NVIDIA that has that stock sort of bucking that overall trend in terms of the mega caps right now? Well, we're going to hear Jensen Wong at CES. I think he's going to talk about the software component, which is really radically overlooked. Uh, I think that the company is still very undervalued. People are talking about it being at 24 times forward earnings. You know, and it is the foremost AI uh, play, obviously, AMD up too, because it's got secondary AI. I think NVIDIA really has just marked time for so long. You know, you haven't made any money since July in NVIDIA. And I think that you and I were, we were at, uh, and Carl, at Santa Barbara, when uh, they reported that giant miss, miss of $4 billion to the upside. So, Carl, I think that NVIDIA is, I know. For, when I went out with Jensen Wong for dinner, he, I turned to Lisa, my wife, and he said, you know, we had this terrible miss. We were down, we were $4 billion off, but it was $4 billion more than anyone expected. Um, 
Jim, uh, there is that Reuters piece which we just showed viewers uh, saying that they will begin mass production of this China chip uh, in the second quarter. Although this DigiTimes piece argues that uh, China big tech's not really interested in NVIDIA downgraded chips. Oh, give me a break. They'll take anything from NVIDIA. I really think that one of the things that the Chinese have to recognize is that the really high-end NVIDIA, the Grace Hopper NVIDIA, uh, we think, well, the Secretary of Commerce, Gene Raimondo, who really, I think, is running a lot of the Chinese policy, is not going to give them a chip that they could militarize. I think that anyone who can get anything from NVIDIA, whether it be gaming chip or the high-end, is happy. Uh, the stock makes, again, the stock has done nothing since July. It's the only MAG-7 that did not have just a radically great fourth quarter. So I, I like it, and I think that the Chinese companies are going to have to just understand this is as good as it's going to get for you guys. David, I want to get your take this morning on what you think the banks are going to tell us on Friday. Big piece in the FT this morning saying that they are poised to report a sharp rise in uh, bad loans. Uh, got some downgrades of Capital One uh, and AXP over at Baird, just looking at uh, delinquency and consumer and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, we've got a, a couple of downgrades, right? We've got Baird downgrading Wells Fargo to a neutral from an outperform, although keeping their, their current price target. You know, listen, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be a decent amount of conversation yet again, as there should be most likely about the broader economy, what they're seeing in terms of loan demand and concerns about commercial real estate, specifically office. Although, again, as we pointed out many times, and the banks are happy to tell you overall, if you look through as a percentage, it's just, Jim, not necessarily going to add up to something that's going to become a clear and present danger. That said, over time, as we've also pointed out, there are going to be significant losses when it comes specifically to commercial and to office space. And I would reference, of course, that story today that we're talking about levels of vacancy, the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen since they started to measure in 1979. Well above what 19.3 percent of all office space in this country is currently uh, not leased. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It says so green quote. Uh, major price bump today. Essel Green is a classic commercial real estate. And I think, David, you, you mentioned that the banks have pretty much de-risked. I know that Charlie Sharp at Wells Fargo gave a talk which is, it said, listen, don't worry, we don't have a problem with commercial real estate. David, you're right. I mean, the work from home was supposed to go away this year, and it's not. And therefore, there is just far less demand for office space. And conceivably, there will be for quite some period of time. The question that we've always, well, the problem that we've raised is that when you have a refinancing coming up for these buildings, uh, oftentimes it's not just the fact that your interest rate is going to tick far higher, but you also need to put more equity in. And there are, it's hard to find those sources of new, of new equity given a market like this, Jim. Uh, it's just very difficult. Yeah. Hence, you do end up with a scenario under which the banks, as reluctant as they might be, uh, do have to take the keys back. And then the question becomes, what do you do with a lot of these buildings in, in these areas where, where you simply cannot imagine that there is going to be enough economic growth to make up for these other trends so that they're going to be empty for a very long period of time and an eyesore, frankly, yeah. for many areas as well? Well, you're absolutely right, David. I, Carl, I, went, I walked for a mile on Mission Street, which was one of the major streets for business for Sil Silicon Valley front side, so to speak. And almost every every building had a for rent sign on it. And I do think that when you look at a company like J.P. Morgan, which had such a hot move going into the quarter, it has historically been a mistake 
to buy a bank stock when it has come in this hot. So I want to uh, just kind of make people a little more discerning. There are ways to be able to find a bank stock, uh, let's say something you don't like in a bank stock, and that happens after you have a move like 135 to 170, which is what J.P. Morgan has had since the Fed pivot. Uh, And that's really a remarkable run. It's the opposite, by the way, uh, of so many different stocks that when we take a look at, I mean, this is acting like a tech stock. It's not acting like a bank. I like the regional banks more, Carl, because they're still where they were during the uh, banking crisis last year in the spring. Right. Uh, Jim, on, on the consumer itself, uh, a couple points. One is just energy. Uh, Saudi's cutting uh, February official selling price. Wholesale gas, we're going to make another run, it looks like, at a $3 average in this country. And then you got the upside guidance out of Lulu and Abercrombie this morning. Yeah, look, I think that we're going to hear a lot from uh, the consumer companies. Crocs up, too. One of the things that I think people have to recognize is that the consumer, as we saw from the unemployment number, is incredibly strong. David, the unemployment situation in the country is still, I would say, robust, which is why you can have Fed governors and Fed presidents talking about how maybe we're going to have a raise, not a cut. Uh, David, look, one of the things that I think people are ignoring is the consumer spending Far more than we thought. Look at the online sales that Amazon got in the last two weeks before the holiday. Yeah, no doubt that's true. But don't you feel like uh, the, the, the look at that jobs report after the headline was it was actually weaker than it appeared to be? And perhaps even though it's not pointing at a cut for March, is certainly not saying necessarily anything is quite as positive as you might have thought, given the 216,000 job headline number. Well, look, I, I do think that it was kind of a Goldilocks number. It's what the Fed wants. They want to keep employment high, but at the same time, they don't want wages to go up. But I do think, and by the way, Lulu was actually down because people were expecting uh, even better numbers. I think that's asking too much out of Lulu. Carl, look, I, I just think that when you see Abercrombie, Abercrombie, by the way, people don't talk about Abercrombie. Look at that stock. ANF has been by far the best. Secondly, I think that the turnaround in Gap matters. These stuff, look at that. They don't have AI that I know of. I mean, does Hollister have AI? I mean, they've got six packs, but not AI. So I'm not speaking about beer. You know, the one call this morning, Jim, that made me think of you was this upgrade of Dell uh, over at J.P. Morgan. They go to overweight on the AI refresh cycle that you were talking about last week in the wake of that Microsoft uh, co-pilot button story. David didn't have a chance to make fun of me for the fact that nobody else bought on this one. I keep thinking that both Dell and now HP, that Hewlett Packard should benefit. It's clearly the refresh cycle by AMD off this, too, because if you get a button, David, a button for Microsoft Copilot, that's a radical move. Haven't had something new like that since uh, the 90s. Don't you think it's going to have an impact? I, I do. And, Jim, to your point, you've been talking about it fueling a potential refresh cycle in the PC market for months now. Others seem to have caught on to that, that AI could actually be a significant add-on, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure what it allows you to do. You, you may have the button, but you're still going to have to pay for the service. Right, but the button is going to allow you to be able to talk to your PC and make it so that you can make reservations for dinner, cancel things, make a reservation for a plane, uh, obviously don't have to type in things. People are tired of a keyboard. I mean, we don't like keyboards. We think it's a relic. You know, David, what is that with the QWERT? I mean, what is that? I don't even know. I couldn't, I couldn't explain that to you. Although, I, I don't know. Are you well, comfortable I like, talking I like to things? Me- I'm hey, not, Meta. I have not 
gotten comfortable just talking at inanimate objects yet. I guess it's generational. Well, wake up and smell the coffee. <laughs> okay, I'll try. I can smell again and taste, so that's good. <laughs> Uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad, David. We did miss you. It's good to have you back. Um, really quick, actually, Jim, you know, I'm just looking at the, the NASDAQ, which is clearly outperforming this morning, and it's all about NVIDIA. CrowdStrike's in there, too. I noticed a uh, top pick over at RBC today. Oh, look, people, people don't want tech to go away. They want, they want, look, enterprise software probably has the most IPOs in the queue. Do you really think that people want this thing to disappear? I think that people have to, I, look, look, there's money to be made here. And also, I think that their Apple has just been such a source of discussion that people just have to have that stock go higher in order to make it so the MAG7 rallies. I would point out that Microsoft is the one that is the biggest beneficiary of the, of the obviously, co-pilots working. CrowdStrike, endlessly, endlessly raising. The, do you know they've never missed a number since they came public? <laughs> I mean, incredible. I would throw in, I would lump in Palo Alto, P-A-N-W, because they are the competitor to CrowdStrike, and they are doing incredibly well. And Nikesh Arora. Hey, David, Nikesh is a billionaire. I mean, how about that? Oh, that's great. I was worried about him. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was saying prayers every night. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. David, are billionaires allowed to do anything they want and criticize anybody and say anything they want? Is that what happens when you're a billionaire? You can basically have impunity. You, you get to a I level mean, of, of expertise. Panthers, we got some. Once you become a billionaire, you get to a level of expertise on all things. You didn't know that, Jim? You know everything. It just suddenly, it, it well, happens. Well, I know. It, not at 999 I know million, that you, but at a billion, you are expert in all areas. And so you can opine about you anything. You can throw cups. You can throw <laughs> cups. You can challenge uh, MIT. MIT used to be, well, it's a great university, but you can just throw them under the bus, yeah, too, if you're no, a He's a billionaire. He must know what he's talking about. Sure. Guys, on that note, a quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club, or you can use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. As we go to break, let's watch bonds. Uh, Ten-year back to 402 uh, coming down over the course of the morning. We're going to get Bostic this afternoon uh, and some more Fed speak this week. Bar tomorrow, Williams Wednesday, Kashkari Friday. I'll be right back. Boeing and oil are the major drags on the market this morning. Dow's down 150, but the S&P up about 13. Take a look at some uh, gainers here this morning. Uh, you got this consumer discretionary, technology, travel, all working. American, NVIDIA, AMD, and Delta all in the top 10 this morning. We'll get stock trading with Jim after a short break. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Yeah, I like Constellation Ranch here. It's a, it's a name that my... Uh, child trust owns, but I had Bill Newlands, the CEO, one on Friday, and it looks like the beer, which these guys are Modelo and Corona, not affected so far by the GLP-1s. I mention this because I am in GLP-1 headquarters, the J.P. Morgan Conference. I think everybody feels like they have to have a piece of this anti-obesity, anti-diabetes market, and we try to figure out who is hurt by a Carl so far, not beer. Uh, yeah, well, we talked on Friday about your view that uh, there might need to be some portfolio management at Constellation, right, between spirits and beer. Yes, absolutely. I think that the spirits, uh, the, what you call them, the clears and the browns, we've talked about the bourbons, the gins, the vodkas, do, doing badly. The middle of wine, the wine that is not expensive, doing absolutely horribly. Constellation has to find some way to get rid of that. If they could just be a beer company, the stock would be much higher. 
Jim, we've been showing the graphic of the companies that are going to be joining you over the next couple of days, but just uh, raise the curtain on what the next 48 hours are going to be like for you. Well, I've got pretty much everybody who's doing anything. I've got Roche, you know, I've got uh, Pfizer, I've got Bristol-Myers soon, obviously. David Ricks tomorrow on our show, Eli Lilly. Uh, Medtronic's doing a lot of interesting things. Amgen, Powerhouse. A lot of these stocks are at their high. Uh, just ha- had a run. I think call people recognize maybe these companies got too undervalued, including Walgreens. We've got a new CEO after they cut the dividend last week. Uh, we look forward to that. Uh, and, David, it's good to... Have you back, and eventually we'll all be back at the same desk. We can always hope. We can always <laughs> hope. Yeah. Jim, we'll see you tonight, of course. Yeah. Uh, special Thank week, you, uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, a Thank lot you. more on the grounding of uh, Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets, including a perspective from one of the whistleblowers when we come back. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.